You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids. And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons. Join us for answers to the questions you just want to ask your mom. Welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. I'm Bonnie Blaylock. And I'm Renee Sproles. So today we're going to talk about forgiveness. To give completely without reservation. That's the original root of the word forgive. Why is this so hard for some of us? I think for a lot of us, it's pretty easy to let the minor things go. Like, okay, your husband ate the last slice of cherry pie or... She forgot to pick up the dry cleaning, but when it comes to the hard stuff, the big stuff, we're more reluctant to give that over completely. We really want to hold on to those for a while. Well, um, there's this Amish community in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and back in October of 2006, um, you might remember this in the news, there was a one-room schoolhouse and a shooter came in, 10 girls ages 6 to 13 were shot five of them were killed. And that same evening, members of the Amish community went to the family of the shooter to tell them, we will forgive you. That family said that that night, Grace walked in their door. I think the Amish, unlike a lot of us, are probably used to practicing sacrifice in so many areas of their life, just as a matter of course. It's their way of life. They're giving things up constantly. So forgiveness is not easy for them, but for them, it's just not impossible. Yeah, that was such a, that's a stunning example to me. Right. It's a stunning example because you know they couldn't forgive like that night, but it was the will to do it. It was the commitment, like we are going to forgive. Right, this you. will be our process. They could never forget, of course, but yeah, we will make this happen. Wow. So, so in parenting, Bonnie and I think teaching forgiveness is really important on a long list of skills and behaviors that we're trying to instill in our kids, not the least of which, because it's really bad for your health, which we'll get to later if you don't forget, (laughs) but most of which reason is because you do not understand the gospel. If you cannot forgive the gospel Mm -hmm. is about forgiveness. So How do we do it? Is this just a matter of politeness or manners where we say please and thank you and excuse me? Teaching forgiveness is much more than manners. It's a spiritual exercise that models concepts like grace, humility, and sacrifice. Those are some big concepts. Those are the concepts. Yeah, and kids are concrete. So actually forgiving, like requiring your child to go through that process, you're putting flesh and bones on these concepts of like grace, humility, sacrifice, those things. I love that. I love that description. That's really good. Yeah. So think about like the folks, you know, which ones do you prefer to be around more? Those who are gracious and humble or those who are angry and grudge holding the clenchy kind of people, you know who you are. We know, who you, we know who you are. They probably yeah. don't know who they oh, are. Yeah, We all know who you are. You know who you are. <laughs> Um, so like, which kind of people do we want to be and what kind of people do we want our kids to be? Yeah. We want to be the forgiving, gracious people. We want, we want to, um, give completely without reservation as you said at the beginning. So So yeah, think back to your own childhood. Um, did your parents ever apologize to you? 
did they ever ask actually ask your forgiveness for anything i think most of us would probably answer no to that if we're of a certain age yeah i think it's partially generational and it's a it's a real power exchange when you yes. ask for forgiveness and i think um, parents in the past thought oh i'm not really willing to do that I'm, yeah. then maybe we're from a more authoritarian bent and so i think a lot of us didn't hear that regularly but imagine how our relationship with our parents would have changed if we'd heard that on the right right yeah and if they had if your dad had come to you or your mom had come to you and said you, you know will you forgive me i really messed up do you think your first response would have been ha 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 now i get to now i have all the power i don't think yeah. so i don't think so either no i mean yeah i think that is what causes a lot of us to hesitate to to not want to apologize is that sense of um being held hostage to someone's you know refusal to forgive but I, I think that's that's a fear that it's not completely unfounded but i think we blow it out of proportion um oh, yeah. and our kids are Especially way right. more willing to forgive us yeah <laughs> and then usually we are to forgive ourselves or anybody else that's true that is true so renee you mentioned that forgiveness this is wild is bad for your health unforgiveness is bad for your health yes so forgiveness is good for your health. Unforgiveness is bad. So Johns Hopkins website, this is not just some WebMD or Wikipedia. This is Johns Hopkins for crying out loud. They've done studies and they have found that forgiving people lowers your risk of heart attack, improves your cholesterol levels, improves your sleep, reduces your pain, reduces your blood pressure, and reduces your levels of anxiety, depression, and stress. And this gets even greater. The connection is shown even greater as you age. Goodness, makes me want to go down the list of, okay, who can I forget? <laughs> who am I not forgiving? It'd be way easier than exercise, right? Yes, yes. I mean, there is a literal physical burden to holding on to unforgiveness, to holding wow. grudges. So, yeah, so if you think about chronic anger and all that stuff, you know, you're holding and, you're, and your body keeps the score. I love that book. If you haven't read it. Yes. That chronic anger keeps you in a stress mode. It keeps you in a constant fight or flight mode. And all those cortisols and adrenaline and all that stuff constantly coursing through your veins, it's just not good for you. We're not meant to stay in that state. We're meant to let it go. No, I remember when I, when the kids and I were doing science, it was junior high or high school. And we learned that like chronic stress can mutate your DNA. And I'm like, ah, oh no. <laughs> oh no, oh no, how much DNA have I mutated at this point in my life? <laughs> right. So it, it really does have serious physical effects. And so when God tells us that like, we must forgive people, he's not being a bully. He's no. like, he's like, I want you to thrive. And this is telling us what's best for us. And in faith, we have to step forward in that and do it. Yeah. So, and some of us are naturally more forgiving. Yay for you all who yeah, are. Congratulations. <laughs> so you people who are who tend to be naturally more forgiving and are just doing this, Johns Hopkins says you tend to be more satisfied with your lives. You tend to have less depression, less anxiety, stress, anger, and hostility in your lives. And we all want that. That's what we're looking for. Sure. We want, we want, um, we want that freedom in our lives. And so we want to get there. Yeah. And I mean, okay. So God tells us to do it. Also Ephesians 4 32, forgive one another as your father has forgiven you. So yeah. there you go. 
Yes. So I love clarity. That's a simple verse. But then Jesus like really throws the gauntlet down in the Sermon on the Mount, where he says, if if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. What? Yeah. <laughs> so, so John Piper puts it this way. If the forgiveness we receive at the cost of the blood of the son of God, Jesus Christ, is so ineffective in our hearts that we are bent on holding unforgiving grudges and bitterness against someone, we're not a good tree. We're not a tree that bears good fruit. We're not saved. We don't mm -hmm. cherish this forgiveness. We don't trust in this forgiveness. We don't embrace and treasure this forgiveness. We're hypocrites. So if you, if it's like, it's like kindergarten for the gospel. Yeah. It's like, if you literally cannot forgive other people, then you have not understood the gospel of Jesus Christ and what you've been personally forgiven. Right. I so agree with that. That startled me. It, it, it just, it's startling to think, um, because I love to be forgiven. Doesn't it feel good? Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's freeing. It feels so, it feels like, oh, there's a burden that's been lifted. Well, that's because that other person has absorbed that burden. You know, they, you can try to make things right, which we'll get to later, but usually there's some cost to bear on the part of the other, of the other person. And so that's why it's so hard. We don't like it. It is hard, but you know, it's okay that it's hard. I think struggling with it is probably normal. And the struggling to forgive is not what is hurting us. The struggle is the good part. Um, as long as we are human, we're going to do things imperfectly, including forgiving. But what destroys us is when we get entrenched in that position and we say, well, we're just not going to. I'm just not going to do it. I have no intention to. Mm -hmm. um, that person did something so wrong to me. And in fact, I kind of like this bitterness. It's very self-righteousness, you know. What, who I forget who said it. A person with a pet peeve, it's remarkable how often they pet it. It's kind of like that. <laughs> you pull it out like Gollum, right? And you stroke it and you're like, my precious, my, my precious, precious my grudge that I want to bring out. And, and um, yeah, it's really, it really does a number, not just on your soul, but as we've just said, on your body, it does a number on you and not a good one. Right. And so when it comes to our kids, because this is a Just Ask Your Mom podcast, I think it, um, it really is kind of a litmus test for our kids' own hearts. Um, if we can walk our kids and learn the steps of how to do a, a, an apology and to ask for forgiveness, and they learn to do that, and they learn to be quick to ask for it and, and quick to offer forgiveness, mm -hmm. um, we are halfway down the road to probably more than halfway down the road to getting to their hearts. Yeah, I think parents leave this step out a lot or they they don't maybe leave it out. They just discount the power of it, I think is a better way to say it, that you're right. It is a great litmus test to know where your child is in actually internalizing the values that you've been trying to place on their heart all this time. Right. You know, all the things we've talked about in our podcast that you're working on with intentionality, um, their willingness to forgive their siblings, to forgive you to ask for forgiveness it's it really tells you where they are in you know identifying with your family identity that you yeah. and your spouse are trying to create and and how far down the road they are in understanding the gospel and what yeah. was required of christ on our behalf 
that he, you know, he took our punishment so that we could receive forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a critical component for them to understand. So this is not something that's just, um, you know, within families, we see it on the news, we see it in the media, um, mm-hmm. people are having to apologize all the time. And sometimes it very well. I don't like it. No, I don't like it's it. Not. The forced apology is hard, but um, so let, what does it look like to apologize? Well, here's what it's not. And we've all, I'm sure, been on the receiving end of statements like these. Well, I'm, I'm sorry you felt that way. Or I'm sorry that you think that fill in the blank. Well, I'm sorry that you have that opinion. Those are the sorry, not sorry kind of apologies. And we all know it when we hear it. Yeah, we do. It's, I mean, don't even do it. Okay, let's just say it right now. If you can't get, do better than that, it's probably causing more harm than good because you're just yes. making them even more angry. You're just poking the bear when you do that. Right. We know that you don't really care. We know that you're being sarcastic. So don't do it. Don't do it. So being really sorry and regretful over something means that you have actually sat for a minute, considered the issue that you truly regret hurting that relationship and that you intend to do better next time. Yes. The three main elements, I would say. Yes, that's it. That's good. And the um, classic tell for true repentance in our kids is if they get through this, this apology in a proper way, and then they go right back doing the same behavior 30 minutes later, the very next day, then they haven't actually changed their heart. Right. They were just sorry that they got caught. Mm-hmm. And they got through that easy enough, but they are really, really sorry for the activity or the behavior because they plan on continuing that. So Bonnie, walk us through the five parts of an apology that we consider is a proper apology, and then we'll unpack each one of them. Okay. So the first one obviously is saying, I'm sorry. So even, even a two-year-old, an 18-month-old can probably choke out those words, right? Um, sorry, mommy. I hear that a lot. So that's simple enough. I'm sorry. And that's something that you should say, even for something unintentional, you bump into somebody, you know, you knock over a lamp accidentally. I'm sorry about that. Sorry. But the next part is a little harder. You have a little more skin in the game with this one. Then you say, will you forgive me? (laughs) The hard part about that is that like you were saying, you're handing over power to somebody else because they can say no. Yes, they can. It's good. It's good to hand that power over. Your kids don't get a lot of power in their lives when they're little, you know, those preschool years that they, nor should they have a lot of power. Right. So they're, you know, they're, whoever can be trusted with little can also be trusted with much. You're great. You're growing and that what, what kind of responsibilities and authority you give them. So yeah, asking them, will you forgive me or requiring that of them? That's good. That's good. Yeah. So you don't want to just leave it at the I'm sorry stage, which is what I think a lot, probably most of us do. It's easy. It's polite. It's the thing that's expected. But if you leave it there, you're not really getting to the depths that you're looking for. Um, So will you forgive me for whatever it is? And then if you want to add another stone on the altar, let's say (laughs) you should say the words I was wrong for. And then whatever the behavior was that your child did or that you did for that matter, um, you need to fill in that blank. And if they don't actually know what they did wrong, then you help them, you walk through that. You don't lecture them about it. You don't tell them. You just let them sit there and think about it. Well, what, do you, what do you think you did wrong? 
what could it have been? Oh, very telling. This is very telling moms. You'll, you'll see, you'll, you'll see your child's disposition come out here. Some, some won't want to admit it. Some, you, you might find that they don't know. They truly mm -hmm. don't know. And that you have to, you go, like, oh, I've dropped the ball on some training here that they can't figure out what they've done wrong. Right. Yeah. And it's a, it's a huge humility to, to say that. Yeah. I said, this is the biggest exercise in humility, because yeah. as you said, some personalities easily ask for forgiveness and easily forgive. Some personalities will stick right here on number three, and they cannot say I was wrong. Mm -hmm. um, so sticking to your guns on this and insisting that your child admit that they were wrong for something, I think really goes a long way to paving relationship harmony down the road. Because think about that. I mean, if you're married, you're going to have to say that at some point, I hope. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I hope you'll admit it. Mm -hmm. um, if you're in a work relationship and you mess up, I gosh, it just means so much more when you can go to a supervisor or whatever. Gosh, I was really wrong on that. I dropped the ball. I'm so sorry. Can you forgive me? It means a lot more than, well, no, sorry about that. You know, in your family, it'll get to be a normal kind of back and forth. If you practice this, it's really beautiful. But out in the world, you're right. It, it stuns people. Like they stop. They don't know what to say. You've right. asked, will they forgive you? And it's like silence. Because <laughs> nobody's doing it. Will I? What does that mean? I know. Like, what? What are you talking about? Yeah. So, so the last four, the last uh, four and five, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? I was wrong for what can I do to make that right? What can I do to make that up to you? And then finally, take some steps to restore that relationship. So I love these. This is so good. And what can I do to make it right? You know, sometimes there are things you can do to make it right. If you've broken a toy, you can replace it. Mm -hmm. um, or at a friend's house, if something's gotten destroyed, you know, you, the parent need to help the child make that right. Right. We were at a parent's, a friend's house one time and their twins had a Sharpie and they marked all over the new leather recliner in our friend's house. And, oh no, they had to make that right. Like you have to do some restitution for that. You can't just say, well, sorry, gee, sorry about that. Sorry. Kids will be kids. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I hate it when that happens. Yeah. No, you have to say, uh, we're going to make that right. Tell us where you got your leather recliner. We will replace that for you. And you don't have to tell them this part, but in our house, okay, the child's going to be doing some work to make up that money. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You don't need to make people wait until your eight-year-old has raised the money or your five-year-old. <laughs> you as the parent make that right. And then on behalf of the child, and then you work through it with your child. Yeah. And, and then, yeah, restoring the relationship. So with our kids, we always made Emma and Houston hug at the end. And it usually devolved into silly, funny, tackling hugs. Mm -hmm. Like they didn't really want to. And, and so, and we wouldn't force it like right away. You do want them to be emotionally ready, but it was, it was a, a good way to say, you know what? I'm making things right here. I do love you. You're, you're my best friend. Cause remember you're telling them that they're best friends. Yeah. <laughs> Refer to another episode where we talk about that. So we've talked through this in like 10 minutes, but this process can take a long time. It can take hours. If yeah. your kid is of a certain temperament, it can take hours. And, you know, there's two sides to the coin. There's asking for forgiveness and offering forgiveness. And think about like when you're upset with your husband or even your teenager, older child, whatever, sometimes they might come to you and walk through this process very nicely. And like they messed up big and you're just maybe not ready to offer forgiveness right away. 
that's okay. You can take a minute. You can just say, yes, I forgive you. Maybe you're not ready to restore completely. I forgive yes. you. Yes. Give me, give me 30 minutes. I just need to cool off. Exactly. I, you know, David is, he's naturally forgiving kind of a person. So he taught me a lot in this when we were first married, he would be very quick to apologize and ask for forgiveness. And he'd be like, okay, okay, we're good. Right. And I'm like, just hold on a second, buddy. <laughs> I need 30 minutes for my like heart to catch up to my brain here. So just, I, I'm mad and I need time for my emotions to come down. I wish I could just instantly stop it, but I can't. That's okay. That's okay. And you'll yeah. grow in this, you know, like any spiritual muscle, the more you flex it, the stronger it'll get. And, and I don't know that I take 30 minutes now, 30 years later, but it can, it can. And that's okay. Because just like the Amish, this is a decision of the will and mm-hmm. your emotions can eventually catch up to yeah. you in this. True. Um, yeah. So I remember sometimes in our house, we would be working through this sometimes a better part of a day. Um, you know, if you couldn't, couldn't or wouldn't admit that you were wrong about something or couldn't and wouldn't ask for forgiveness. Um, or maybe there was a series, there was a giant, like this is the day we're going to die on this hill. And there was giant misbehavior all over the place. And there were sometimes several behaviors, um, like a cascade domino effect of multiple things that happened. Well, you had to walk through this process for each one of those behaviors. And it just takes a while, but by the end, everything's cleaned out. Like everything's good. Everything's restored. The relationship is back together. If you leave something unworked through that leaves this little fissure, I think a little crack, um, in the vase that you're trying to repair and it's easily broken again. So you want to yeah. make sure you was tight. I mean, you're just making me have a little PTSD here. Like that, <laughs> it, this is why people don't do it, Bonnie. It's hard. It that is hard. A, that takes a lot of work and effort to spend, you know, a good part of your afternoon working through something like this, mm-hmm. getting, trying to get to the heart of your child. Like, oh goodness. But remember what we said at the beginning, like these are the concepts. These are the big concepts of life, humility, gratitude, love, loving one another. Like if you don't get these right, then what does it matter if your child says please or thank you? Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's that's so, so true. It's, it's just take heart moms because it is, if it feels hard, it's because it is hard, but it is very much worth it. Like you said at the beginning, it's relationship glue. It's relationship glue to, to learn, to forgive and be forgiven. And it's talk about establishing a family identity or making your family a place where your kids want to be or where it's safe to be. You know, I think that there'd be a whole lot less sneaking and hiding um, when we, if we celebrated repentance more in our family, celebrated forgiving one another and, Hey, we're going to get this out in the open and we're going to get this healed up and we're going to, we're going to make things right. And we're going to move forward and not continually bring it up. It's just a beautiful end game. It's just hard. Yeah. Hard. It is hard. Grace and mercy are messy things, but yeah, we do them anyway. We do them anyway. anyway. I think in, um, modeling this in our marriage, like you said, just as if this is part of our family identity and this is who we are to model it in your marriage to your kids uh, is huge because more is caught than taught. Um, and kids are looking at us, whether we want them to or not, whether we know they are or not, um, they're looking at us as, okay, this is how you do marriage. So think about that for the future. 
your two-year-old is learning, oh, this is how marriage works from mom and dad. So if you never fight in front of the kids, I hear this quite a bit. The parents will say, oh, we make sure we never fight in front of the kids. Um, I actually think it's helpful for kids to observe some conflict resolutions. What do you think? Yeah, about that? yeah. I think, I mean, you do not want to be yelling and having like real big battles in front of your children. And you shouldn't be yelling anyway. I know. You should yeah. be having calm talking voices. So <laughs> you, but yes, absolutely. Your kids need to see you disagree and how you work through that. Or they need to see when when you mess up. Because listen, as your husband said in an interview, there's no hiding. There's no hiding in families. Right. The kids know the real deal. They know how you are. They know they know your strengths and weaknesses. You know theirs. And so when you can offer forgiveness or ask for forgiveness, wow, what a gift you know, to your spouse. What a gift you're giving your children of, of saying like, hey, this is what we do. This is just what we do as a family. Right. And I know some parents who um, like maybe a, a, they get into a disagreement or something right at bedtime or, you know, towards the end of the day, kids go to bed and after the kids are in bed, the parents work it out, which often happens. You know, there's only so many hours in a day. Um, and they realized that the kids never did see them work that out. Like they saw the big fight. They went to bed with this kind of tension in the house and the next morning, everybody gets up and everything's magically okay. So the parents agreed among themselves. They said, when we get up tomorrow, we're going to stage, act our apology out in front of the kids so that they know that, like you said, putting bones, flesh and bones on this concept so that they can actually see, oh, okay. The tension is gone. Mom and dad are good again. They do. They did apologize. In fact, they did it right in front of us. And um, I just loved that. Yeah, because kids know if mom and dad are not okay, their world is not okay. Mm -hmm. So this is critical, critically important to model this for your kids. If you've had a disagreement in front of them to be sure you make things right with forgiveness, repentance, restoration, which is what we call this process in our parenting class, do the forgiveness, repenting, restoring in front of them so they can see, oh, okay, everything's good. This is how we make things right. And, and with God too. You know, you're yeah. walking, we, you know, I don't know if we said it earlier, but it's not just with you or with their sibling. We would walk them through this with God as well. Mm -hmm. Learning the act of um, saying to God what we've done wrong and receiving his forgiveness and the freedom that comes from that. And, right. and so just super important, super important. There, there's some aspects of that too, that like, um, like I said, if you've had a cascade or domino day where like all these behaviors are coming out and you have multiple behaviors um, to apologize for and ask forgiveness for it, you might also have multiple people to ask forgiveness for. So in that situation, I don't know, maybe mom and dad are getting into it over dishes or whatever, and they've got some harsh words between them. So they're apologizing to one another, but you might also apologize to your children for, Hey, I shouldn't have spoken to mom that way. or I shouldn't have spoken to daddy that way. And I'm sorry, will you forgive me? So you're apologizing to multiple people so that all the relationships coming back together. Oh yeah. Really good. I was talking to a young family the other day and, um, they're working on this. They're, they're relearning appropriate communication with one another. And the wife was like, you know, we were driving in the van, the, the kids are in the back of the van. We're getting a little tiff. He snaps at me. I snap back. And she's like, immediately he said, you know what? I should not have taken that tone with you. 
I'm sorry. Will you please forgive me? I shouldn't have gotten so upset about that. And she was like, oh, I'm sorry too. <laughs> I shouldn't have responded in that way. And she's like, it just happened. And it's such a victory. If this is something that you're working on, celebrate when you actually have a victory in this area and how beautiful for their children to see them doing this. And they're just doing the hard work of learning behaviors that are more Christ-like, that are more gospel-centered than what they saw growing up. Yay, wonderful. It's hard work, people. And we applaud you for trying to get it done. Such a blessing, such yeah. a blessing. And the struggle is normal and can, can help us through it. That's for sure. Yes, yes. I think that a theology of forgiveness really should permeate your home. So, okay, you're doing this repentance, forgiveness, restoration stuff with your children, but you also should be incorporating Bible stories that tell about these concepts. So you want to talk about Adam's failure and how God stepped into human history and chose to forgive and redeem us through Jesus. Children should know from a very young age that um, Christ covers all of our sin. Like there is something that, that cut, like they know if your child is acting out a lot of times it's because their conscience is burdened. Mm -hmm. So they, like they've done something wrong and they're acting out. So you, one of the critical components in your home is to explain what Christ has done on our behalf. Any and all violations are covered by the blood of Christ. And so that incorporated as well as this practice of repentance, forgiveness, restoration is very powerful and it's very freeing because like, like I just said, our consciences, even when we don't have our moral warehouse all filled with all the right things yet, mm -hmm. we know, I mean, God's given us, he's given us a conscience. We know we've done something wrong, even when we're three, four or five years old. And we want it. We want that taken care of. And if you just brush it off as a parent and you think, oh, I'm just going to brush it off a lot of times you're not doing them a favor. Certainly there's times, you know, we can, we can just say, you know what, I'm going to drop that. But a, a lot of times you need to just help your child be relieved of that burden. Right. Just look through it. And you know, none of this is a punishment. No, um, like working yeah. through this with your child, how, having them sit and figure out what it was they did wrong or coming to you and asking forgiveness or their sibling and us. None of that is a punishment. You're not punishing your child by doing this. You're like you said, helping them to be free of this health sapping, you know, burden. Yes. You're protecting their cholesterol levels and their blood pressure for the future. You're helping them age. Well, refer to the John Hopkins website. So yes. Yeah. Um, so I would add, this is not just, we, I think we said it before, not just a practice for within the family. Um, there were times when Oh, situations occurred at school or at church or even out at restaurants and things where we would have some kind of behavior going on and our kids would have to go back and talk to the teacher or talk to the person in authority, whatever, and apologize to them. And that was, it wasn't meant to be embarrassing or, or humiliating in a shaming kind of sense, but it was meant to point out, hey, look, your behavior affects other people. You have to apologize for that. You have to make it right with other people. You can't just leave things broken. And it really, the times that we had to do that, and they were few, really made an impact. If it's a big thing, so like if they've stolen something from a, you know, from a friend's yeah. house, you know, preschoolers might do that. 
Yeah. And if your child has stolen something from a friend's house or done, you know, something kind of egregious, we would want to go back and tell the parents, Hey, our child's going to for ask for forgiveness and they're going to work through this. And we don't want you to blow it off they're, And we, we would like for you to listen to them, do the whole spiel. And then, you know, say, yes, we forgive you. And and all the things because, you know, grandparents or a good friend that they may just be like, Oh, it's okay. It's okay. No, we don't want you to say it's okay. Yeah. We want you to say, I forgive you once they've gone through the whole thing. So yes. coach your coach, your friends and family too, if you're working on this. Yeah, that's totally a good point. So what happens Renee, when you get this question from your child? Um, well, why should I say, I'm sorry, if I don't think I did anything wrong? Oh, you know what, Bonnie, I'm 50 years old. And I asked myself this recently as well. You know, yeah, God yeah. sees the whole truth. He sees each person's heart, but we don't have that privilege. And so it's my obligation to live at peace with others as to the best of my ability. And so if someone feels offended at something I've done, it's my job to humble myself and apologize in a way that's authentic, not the sorry, not sorry stuff you mentioned at the beginning. I'm sorry you feel that way. Now I have said to someone, I'm sorry, I made you feel that way because okay. I, I can honestly say, I'm sorry, I made you feel that way. Um, if I didn't think I did something wrong, but there are ways to do it. That's truthful. That does try to restore the relationship. So I would just tell that to my child. I would say, listen, people are precious. Every person's an image bearer of God. And it's our job to love people well. And even if you think you didn't do anything wrong and they're hurt, it's our job to be the bridge builder. It's our job to extend um, love toward that person in a way they can hear it. And that form is an apology. Right. I guess I would point to, I mean, for goodness sake, Jesus, did he do anything wrong? And he took everything. There's your gospel story again. Yeah. So he wasn't like, okay, let me run through this whole thing with you. And yeah. <laughs> yeah deny all the things well I really didn't do that thing that you said I was doing I, you know I really am the son of God no he whatever you say I'll I'm gonna humble myself I'm gonna turn the other cheek I'm gonna do what it is to care for you the best I can care for you so yes and I'm you're making me think also when he was on the cross he said father forgive them for they don't know what they're doing so he even prayed for forgiveness for others who were offending him and, and Job, he did this as well. If I'm remembering the story correctly, he, he, in the beginning prayed that his children wouldn't sin. So he was, he was interceding for his children. And then at the end, God got really mad at Job's friends because they tried to tell him it was his fault that all the bad mm -hmm. stuff happened. And God's like, you don't actually know everything that's going on here. You don't get a say. And he said, Job's going to need to intervene for you and for me to forgive you. So there's this beautiful, like next level forgiveness where we can actually be praying on behalf of others as well. I think as parents, that's a really powerful thing to do for your children. Speaking of next level forgiveness, there are times when somebody's never going to ask for your forgiveness or say that they're sorry. Um, maybe somebody's died and they've done some horrible thing to you. You're never going to see them again. Well, what do you do? Well, you just hold on for unforgiveness forever, pull it out, stroke it, look at it and go, Oh yeah, they're so terrible. They were so terrible. No, yeah. no, you don't do that. You can still do it. You can still choose to forgive. Yeah. So tell us about Kim. Yeah. So Kim Fook, um, she's a, the famous little girl on the cover of time magazine during the Vietnam war, her village was inadvertently bombed with napalm. 
-hmm. and um, I think the coordinates were off or something and she caught on fire and the flames are invisible. So she just looks like she's running naked down the road. She was actually on fire when the photographer caught that picture of her. So she was burned over a significant portion of her body and they didn't think she was going to live. I mean, she was left in the hospital, like set aside in a room to die. And the thing is she didn't die and she got transferred to a bigger hospital in Saigon. She had 17 surgeries. She was hospitalized for 14 months. And in addition to all this physical pain, she had this emotional trauma. She had a lot of people that she had to forgive if she was ever going to be free. She had to forgive the men who dropped the bomb. She had to forgive her government who from that point forward used her as a puppet as like an anti-American example and prated her out on television and on you know national stages. So she was basically watched 24 hours a day as a propaganda tool. And so one day she is in Cuba, which was also a communist country um, on behalf of her government. And she found a Bible and she starts reading about this Jesus and this concept of forgiveness and she, her life becomes radically changed. She described it as her cup was filled with like black water. And that was the unforgiveness she held in her heart. And little by little over time, by, by acts of will, she chose to forgive all the people in her life who had hurt her and used her, abused her. And she said, eventually one day she got to the bottom of the cup and she tipped it. And she's like, huh, there's nothing else in there. And she said, then God was free to fill her with this beautiful peace and grace and humility, all the things we were talking about at the beginning, because she was able to forgive, but she was really practical how she went about it. So I remember when she came to our church to talk, um, she said that she wouldn't watch any depressing television. So she watched like, I love Lucy and happy, funny, you know, television programs or movies. I thought that was really practical and wise that even in her downtime, even in her resting time of just entertainment, she was not going to watch stuff that was heavy when she was doing the big work of forgiving. Yeah. That's just, to me, that just seems so spiritually wise of her. And yeah, just to continually say, I choose to forgive. I choose to forgive. I I might can never have everything made right. I mean, she's never going to have her, her body the way it would have been had she not been injured, but to walk in the freedom of forgiveness. And she's one of the most happy people. She is. Yeah. And she travels all over. She goes, not only is she forgiving and and freeing herself, but she's going to, um, now she lives in Canada, I think. Yep. And she travels all over to uh, Vietnam veteran uh, events, things like that. And she is this like vessel of forgiveness for other people. Um, that, that's become her mission in life. She's overflowing with it so much that it helps them to heal from traumas and things. So what kind of person can do that? And it's not like she, um, you know, her little cup of water example that she gave, that was not like a two week process. No, that was years of constant um, development and and prayer and practice. So that sacrifice, like we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, like the Amish, it just became part of who she was. And it became just something that she did. And gosh, I so wish that 
for myself. That's right. I mean, we want it for ourselves. We want it for our children. We fight for it, guys. Just commit and say, okay, okay, God, help me do this. I can't do this in my own strength, but I've, I've got the, I've got a gospel understanding of forgiveness. I've got the tools to do it among humans. You know, God forgives us the first time, you know, we don't have to keep repenting. Yeah, it's quick. And I mean, we might have to say it more than once to, to humans because we're not as good at it, but God keeps no record of wrongs. When we, when we repent, you know, we're, we're freed from that. And if we don't, you know, we're, we're warned, our prayers will be hindered and all kinds of other things that are going to happen again. That's a picture of reality. That's not a big mean God saying, I'm not going to listen to you until you do exactly what I say. It's a, it's a picture of the nature of his character and the nature of um, the truth of the gospel. And we want to live in align, alignment with reality. And the reality is that forgiveness is the, it's the air we breathe. It's the water we swim in as followers mm-hmm. of Christ to mix yeah. metaphors, whether you, I guess if you're a human <laughs> or a, <laughs> a fish. <laughs> so I just think we should like recap the five steps because honestly, moms, like you want to memorize them. You want to, you want to say, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? I was wrong for specifically whatever it was. What can I do to make it right? And then try to restore the relationship. Yeah. And the restoring might be a hug, might be spending mm-hmm. time together, mm-hmm. might be, you know, sometimes it's just real simple, but um, all of those, but don't be the person who like forces somebody else to come crawling back to you on their hands and knees. Don't be that person. You think that um, by humbling yourself, you're, you're giving your too much of yourself away, but it's actually just the opposite. Yeah. And here's another thing, since we live in the South, that I think is worth addressing before we close, you need to give people the opportunity to make things right with you. If, if someone offends you, then you need to clear the air and, and you need to bring it up with someone and give them the chance in to have the gift of asking for forgiveness and you get the gift of offering forgiveness. Yeah. So we, we want to, we want to be those kind of people. And in the South, we don't like to talk about all the hard things. We want to just ignore the elephant in the room. We'll do it behind your back, but we're not going to oh, do it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We'll just bring out, we'll bring out that hurt and we'll talk about it with all the safe people. Right. But not the yeah. person who's actually involved. So we don't want to do that. We want to create a new culture, a culture where we live in freedom and harmony. And we try to live in a way that makes things right with other people, not in a way that hides, hurts, what for our own like short-term comfort. It's not, I mean, it's not even short-term comfort. I, I don't no. know. It's just hiding. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's not even that. So, okay, we're getting close to the new year here. So make that one of your new year's resolutions is I'm going to work on forgiveness this year. Yes, yes, yes. And listen, if you do, I'm, I'm sorry to say God's going to give you an opportunity to do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you oh, had to say that. I mean, I'm telling you, David and I did a class on this. We did like a six week series at church on this. And let me just tell you, I had people coming out of the woodwork mad at me. I <laughs> I had all kinds of opportunities to practice what we were preaching. So he will give you the opportunity to yep. do that. Be sure. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. So we're going to have all this and more up at our website at justaskyourmom.com. You can also find us on Facebook at just ask your mom or Instagram at just ask your mom podcast. 
And if you would rate and leave a review, that would just help other people find our podcast. And thank you for listening. You can subscribe and get our new episodes that come out each Monday. And send us your questions and topic suggestions to our email address, just ask your mom podcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time on Just, just Ask, ask your, mom. your Mom.